Back with you here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It is the John Chuckery Show. Chris Thomas filling in. I am with you until the end of the national championship game, which if the finish is anything like the start, we will be discussing the dogs repeating as national champions. They struck first. Stetson Bennett rushed it in 21 yards, and then the dogs with a huge stop on defense to make it 7-0 with just about nine minutes left in the first quarter. I will keep you updated on this game all night long. But we got to talk some Falcons because the Falcons just finished up their season yesterday and already they're making headlines. Dean Pease announces today that he is going to hang it up after 55 years in coaching, so that is obviously going to make waves for the team and what they're going to do at their defensive coordinator spot, and you know we're going to talk Desmond Ritter. So let's head out to the WadeFord.com hotline and welcome in my buddy, my pal, my amigo, Joe Patrick. Joe, how are you, sir? What's up, Chris, man? It's been a long season, but a very interesting one, I think, for the Falcons. So uh, it's going to be even more interesting now that we head into this offseason where it's a much different vibe, I think, in a good way as compared to last year where I feel like now we kind of see the road ahead of us, right? Like you, you've got the plan, you can see the vision, and it's all about whether the Falcons now in the front office will be able to kind of put the right pieces together with all the money they have to work with this offseason. So uh, I know it feels like the season just got over, but I feel like it just begun right now. Well, they may be looking at a couple dogs because the way they started out on defense tonight, Joe, they are flying oh, around. Yeah. So we may be talking about finally getting that big dog into the Falcons defense. And that's where I want to start. Dean Pease announces he is retiring. So obviously he did about as good of a job with what he had to work with here in his couple seasons in Atlanta. So where do they go from here, Joe? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to give DPs a ton of credit for what he's done with this defense, which was just undermanned to the greatest extent. And, you know, we can talk about the salary and the dead cap that this team just hasn't had in general. But especially when you look at the defensive side of the ball, this team lost two really important players in Eddie Goldman, who retired right before training camp started after they signed him. He was going to be the nose tackle. And then Vincent Taylor, who was another one of the important defensive linemen, gets hurt in training camp. Uh, but then you've got, you know, guys like Taquan Graham who stepped up. So uh, credit to Dean Pease and what he's been able to do. And, you know, just what a legend. He was great today. I was obviously in that press conference today. And, um, you know, it's just you almost get teary-eyed just listening to him uh, kind of talk about his career and also just hearing from the players and how much they respect him. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think that that's going to be a huge charge for the Falcons team is getting this defensive line in particular – you know, stacked up and whether they want to do that with their draft capital at the top of the draft, which I think they probably will, or in free agency, which they probably will do too. I think they probably do need to do approach this kind of from all angles. Uh, it's going to be a top priority for this team because, you know, if you look at the one weakness that this defense has had basically persistent throughout, not just this year, but last year, it's that pass rush. I know you guys have talked about it on Dukes and Bell all year long, but it just has not been there. And while you're encouraged by the fact that this defense has been holding teams to, you know, around 20 points or just under right around that mark, um, teams have still had a lot of possession. You haven't had these big turnovers and you haven't just like had those, a lot of those impact plays that you can get when you've got that kind of dominant edge rusher who can get those kind of strip sacks uh, and big sacks and things like that. So um, that's going to be a huge task for this team. It'll be very interesting to see kind of what players they decide to target because of, you know, the strengths of 
you know, where the draft is deep in certain positions. I think the draft is probably a little bit deeper on, on, on the edge position than on the interior uh, on defensive line. But then you've already got two rookies that you had this year on the edge. So do you want to, you know, add a third rookie? I think that those are the kinds of decisions that this team will be facing. All right, Joe. I was at the game yesterday, had sweet seats, courtesy of our very own head honcho, Mike Conti. I think he wanted me to give mm-hmm. some some good analysis here tonight on the radio, so he made sure I was <laughs> I was at the game and I had good seats. So I watched every throw from Ritter. Here's my take. You have to go into next season with him as QB1, if not for anything else other than the Falcons in their first three picks need to go defensive lineman, offensive lineman, and cornerback, period. That's my take. Interesting. So I agree with I agree with almost all of what you said there, except for I would quibble with the uh, – I don't think they need to go off of the line at the top of this round. That would be the only quibble I have. But let's think it doesn't matter for a second because I'm getting a little bit annoyed at um, the uh, – kind of the way that people are caveating this conversation about like, well, you could take, a, you know, a, a quarterback in the draft with your – obviously with the, with, the, with the number eight pick that the Falcons have, their first pick. Um, I don't see that as a possibility whatsoever. Like, like you have Desmond Ritter who has shown that he is growing in this offense, that he's being able to more competently execute Arthur Smith's game plan every single week. And then you want to add a rookie quarterback into that mix. Like, where does that even leave Desmond Ritter? Like, like that's just a, then he's just kind of a waste of a pick or he's just going to be a backup. Like that, that's not what he is right now. He's growing into himself. He's got a lot of confidence. He's got a lot of leadership abilities in that locker room and let's face it like any quarterback who is sitting on the bench for what was it um uh, 12 weeks or 14 14 weeks of the season to then like step in like they're not going to like perform optimally and so I think you have to kind of you know when you're looking at what Dustin Ritter was able to do in his four games you have to adjust like put it on a bit of a curve just by the fact that he just has not played and so that's obviously going to hinder him in some of those first couple games and what I loved about him, and I know that Dave Archer has also said this on your show, is that he's just taken steps in every single game in the positive direction. Now, will he eventually, you know, probably, you know, take a, take a you know, step in the negative direction? Sure. Like, that's what a lot of young quarterbacks do. But the guy has not thrown an interception in four in his first four NFL games. I know he hasn't allowed a lot of touchdown passes, but like, he's not killing you either. And this offense has clearly set up an identity as a running team. And that's always what's been Arthur Smith's MO. Arthur Smith does not need uh, a Patrick Mahomes or some like, you know, elite quarterback to run his offense. Now, you know, obviously he's not, you know, you can run his offense with a quarterback like that too. But I mean, he had one of the top offenses in Tennessee with Ryan Tannehill. And yeah, he just had a really good rushing game with Derrick Henry. So I see no reason why this team should draft a quarterback. I know that, like, you know, just for media reasons and things, like it's always interesting to have your team being in that conversation. Um, Having said that, I think they do definitely need, obviously, to sign a quarterback in free agency, probably one that maybe not is going to compete necessarily with Desmond Ritter in, in, in training camp, but is going to be able to push him a little bit and more so than anything, be a guy that can just help him in that quarterback room, prepare for games, prepare for certain matchups, and just try to give him that tutelage as best he can and could step in and, need, you know, run the offense as you need it to uh, if he were to miss some games. But I think that the team needs to go forward with Desmond Ritter 
as the team's starting quarterback. I see no reason why not. I would be open to hear any, uh, you know, dissenting opinions on that. I just have not heard a good opinion, a good reason at why this team be driving quarterback. Yeah, it's simply too many other needs, Joe. And Georgia does tack yeah. on a field goal, so ten nothing with about uh, six forty five less left in the first quarter. Keep you updated on UGA TCU all night long. But right now we are talking Falcons with Joe Patrick, Chris Thomas in for John Chuckery right here on Sports Radio 929 the game. Anything you've seen from Dave Ragone that maybe would lead us to think that he may not be back? I know the offense sputtered a lot towards the end of the season, but I think a lot of that had to do with, unfortunately, the disappointing play of Marcus Mariota. Uh, what did you see from Coach Ragone, and do you think he's back as the OC? Yeah, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be back, to be perfectly honest. I mean, let's face it, Arthur Smith is really the one who is uh, you know, running this offense. Like, I mean, Dave Ragone obviously has, is a very important cog in that machine, but you know, I think Arthur Smith takes ultimate responsibility for that. Uh, and so I think that, you know, he has a good working relationship with Dave Ragone. I think that if you were to see a change, you probably would have heard something about it today. I mean, Dean Pease kind of even said that when he was at the podium today talking about one of the reasons why he wanted to go, you know, make this announcement now is because he understands the nature of the business and that, you know, if you are making a change in some of these, you know, air coaching areas, then you need to know immediately and kind of get on it while the coaching court carousel is kind of, open and you have your your uh, your say of what you know, kind of candidates you want to bring in so um, I think if there were any other changes any significant changes to the staff uh, we probably would have known about them but I, I think Dave Ragone has a really good relationship with Desmond Ritter as well and I think that that's again one of the reasons why he will stick around uh, it's kind of interesting just like kind of they're both from the same area of the country in Ohio you know there's, there's a lot of similarities that they have going with each other uh, and I think that they have a good partnership. So I expect Dave Grove to be around next year. Uh, I saw CP kind of get tampered down a bit as the season went on yesterday specifically. I don't know if they were just trying to get Algier to that 1,000-yard mark, which he did get, so congrats to him, and that's a really good step for the Falcons' running game moving forward. But do you expect CP to be back and in an important role next season? I I don't know exactly what their plan was. Was it just to give him more rest? I know he got banged up a little bit towards the middle of the season. What do you foresee his role is with this team going forward? Yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting that you asked that question, Chris, because I think that that's one of the more under-talked about kind of situations on this team as we head into next year, the role of, of Cordero Patterson. Because, And I think that a large part of it is just that Tyler Algier has played so well and been so consistent game to game, carry to carry, that there's not really a reason to kind of remove him from the spot he's in now. And I think that that's why you've just kind of seen him take the mantle as that running back one. And it's been Cordero Patterson is the guy who kind of comes in uh, and gets some more of the sporadic carries. I think that this offense can utilize Cordero Patterson as a guy. I, I think it's actually the, the way we've seen him used recently is probably the way that they always anticipated him being used, which is kind of a guy who can do a little bit of everything, carry the ball when you need to, um, catch some screen passes, you know, do all those kinds of things. Um, but, you know, it, I don't know. It's just going to be very interesting to see how this team evolves this offseason, what kind of pieces they add, and how Cordero Patterson fits into all of that. I think that he's obviously a very talented player. He's got another year on his contract. So, you know, I have to think that he probably will be back. But uh, you just never know what teams might do. Um, and with a player like him, he's obviously a fan favorite too. And that, I think, 
kind of complicates things maybe even a little bit more for the Falcons, whether they, you know, if they don't want to keep him, it could be, you know, maybe a bad look, although obviously you got to do what's best for the team at the end of the day. Uh, but I do, I do think that this is definitely a storyline to, to keep an eye on because I don't think it's like, I don't know. I guess I just, I just don't see fans talking about it at them. Joe, last one. Um, I saw a lot of almost plays from our secondary this season where guys are getting better like Richie Grant and A.J. Terrell had a rough start to the season, but I thought he bounced back nicely. Made a couple big plays yesterday, as a matter of fact. I think they mm-hmm. need to make a splash in the secondary. Do you think more likely that'll come from free agency or in the draft? Yeah, I do. I, I think that they will probably draft a corner. If I'm them, I'm thinking you got to draft a corner because you've got A.J. Terrell on one side, and they just never were able to find a consistent starter on the other side. Again, they were not working with uh, the greatest, you know, just – pedigree I guess in terms of, of players and you know credit to all those guys who um who did go out there Cornell Armstrong Darren Hall all those guys who went out there and you know um did their best and and you know they, the Falcons defense was decent toward the second half of the season but it's clear that they need a more talented player on that side and I think that with you when you look at what the Falcons have right now you've got Casey Hayward who obviously got hurt and he was his injury was the reason why you were rotating through some of these guys but now he's going to be, I think, what, 35 uh, next year. Uh, and, you know, a veteran guy who has a big presence in that locker room, I think is the perfect kind of mentor uh, for a team that drafts a cornerback. And so I would love to see this team spend their second round pick on a corner. Or maybe even, I wouldn't even be opposed to, honestly, the first round pick. The only reason I, I, I kind of lean away from that is just that it doesn't seem, there doesn't seem to be, you know, like a typical dominant cornerback like we would see. It's kind of, you know, Kayle Ringo potentially, Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State is another option. Um, but they're, they're not – neither of those guys are like the dominant cornerbacks that we can sometimes see emerge in these drafts, like a Sauce Gardner or something like that. Um, so that's the reason I say that they would should probably spend one in the second round, but I totally agree there. And then at safety, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Isaiah Oliver. He's starting to get some reps at safety the end of the year something they trained him in and training camp to kind of cross train him um you know there's also like chauncey gardner johnson who's going to be a free agent who's kind of in a similar mold as kind of a slot corner slash safety who you could use out there just depends on the money and what they're going to have to pay these guys but i do think that you are looking at reinforcing at safety as well i was you know the thing about richie grant he was he made some super impactful plays probably had the most kind of impact plays on the defense over the course of the season but I also got to say, he probably had the most kind of just like blatant, you know, missteps that led to opposing touchdowns throughout the course of the season. He gave up a basically a big one on a long pass from Taysom Hill uh, in Desmond Ritter's first start there just a few weeks ago. So those are just the kind of plays you can't have. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see um, how this team continues to develop Richie Grant. But uh, it's always good to have some depth there, especially when you lost a couple guys. Well, you lost uh, – um, I forget his name. They traded to the Bills earlier this year, and then Eric Harris is getting up there. You don't know what his future is going to be, so you got to reinforce in the second and at safety as well. Yeah, you were. I was a little more judicial calling them almost plays, but I think you uh, you <laughs> described it pretty well there. Joe Patrick, follow him on Twitter. Read all his stuff on the Falcons, covering them for us right here at Sports Radio ninety two nine. The game, Joe. Thank you so much. Enjoy the natty. Thanks for having me on, Chris. I appreciate it, man. All right. All right. When we get back, the dogs, they just gave one up. So Duggan checks Stetson Bennett, runs one in on his own. If they're going to hang in and protect this lead, what do they have to do? One former dog has the answer. I'll let you hear that next. 
Chris Thomas in for John Chuckery, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game.